Betches Media presents. A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. Will you Who shut is up, your man? Listen. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And I'm Amanda Duberman. And the Betches Up Podcast is your daily rundown of all the crazy shit happening in the news, explained to you by your two funniest friends. Another Monday, another Monday. Oh, I totally didn't say which is us. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait, really? Okay. <laughs> it's fine. We should just keep it like this. Which is us? Yeah. I'm feeling hilarious we, today. Now, now, exactly. Now you know we all make mistakes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, he's just waiting for me to go into it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have um, a couple of fun things to hit on before we start today, Brian. Yeah. So this Thursday is our You Up podcast live show, and it's actually going to be happening right before the presidential debate, which we'll be live tweeting, of course. Um, so it's the perfect lead in to debate night. You can have like a little drink, have a little fun pregame with Jared and Jordana right before the shit show. All you have to do <laughs> is go to betches.co slash you up live for tickets. That's this Thursday, October 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, that sounds like a much better way to spend the hour before the debate than like sitting around with sweaty palms, just spiraling yeah. in a rage. Uh, What's well, also, also it's like, they, yeah, they also get you with like the coverage. They're like, we're it starts at seven, and then whatever they say it an hour earlier, so you tune in and you sit down, and then it's just like like Wolf Blitzer, just like bullshitting. It's like yeah, okay, I think there's well. like already a countdown timer on CNN yeah. for Thursday. <laughs> Also, we still have tons of election-themed SUP merch at the Shop Betches store at shopbetches.com. We have tons of it. It's basically all I wear. Um, I forget mm-hmm. that it's all I wear, and I, like, walk around outside, and people will, like, give me, like, affirmative nods. and like, yeah, I love your shirt. Love your hat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. Thanks. Didn't know that I was broadcasting <laughs> my political opinions everywhere I go. But that's just yeah. who I am now. Um Two more weeks. We got to flex the franchise every chance we get. Also, I created a new email specifically for podcast listeners. We want to make sure there was a place where you all could get in touch with us directly. That is something that we could actually monitor. Um, and that address is suppod at betches.com. That's S-U-P-P-O-D at betches.com. And so just sound off. Let us know your thoughts, any requests for topics, any feedback. Uh, I will be checking that regularly and I'm looking forward to having a more direct line with our listeners. Okay, let's get into it. Seven months into the pandemic, the United States is experiencing another wave of coronavirus infections public health experts warned us about, and the federal government did virtually nothing to prepare for. I have heard this referred to both as the second or the third wave, depending on how you look at things. It's hard to tell considering we never really had things under control. I know. It's like, so it's like, it's like a a never ending wave. How about that? Oh, yeah, it's it's true. Because now you look at the charts on like the New York Times or wherever you look at the data for yourself and you can see the hump coming back up. It's a, it's a bit frightening. Yeah, there's definitely like a an an ocean metaphor there for waves and how they function. Yeah. Just never ending <laughs> waves. I just I just don't know it. On Friday, it's the cho- US it, the, the seas are choppy. They're very choppy, <laughs> very choppy. Up and down, it won't stop. <laughs> We're drowning. <laughs> so on Friday, the U.S. reported 70,000 new cases of COVID-19, which is insane. That matches the peak seen at the previous height of the pandemic. 
The United States is averaging more than 55,000 new COVID cases a day, and 10 states reported their highest single-day case counts last Friday. As of today, more than 8 million coronavirus cases and 219,000 fatalities have been reported in the United States since February. It's hard to, it, this is crazy to think about that this is as bad as it's ever been, especially mm-hmm. how bad it was. It's just really shocking and terrifying to think we're staring down the barrel of another April, May, June, July situation. Yeah, you know, it's it's not it's frightening. It's frightening. So the Midwest is driving some of the surge with Illinois and Wisconsin reporting nearly 20,000 new cases in the past week. I've also heard some theories that there was some spread after that big motorcycle rally in South Dakota that the governor of South Dakota refused to contain or minimize or pass any regulations prohibiting that and now we're seeing huge outbreaks um, in Wisconsin, Illinois, across the Midwest. Again, 27 states are showing an upward trend, which is not what you want seven months into a pandemic. One top infectious mm-hmm. disease expert warned Americans that the next six to 12 weeks will be the darkest of the pandemic, which is, again, crazy to hear considering that we've already experienced 220,000 deaths. Surges in Florida have prompted some Mm -hmm. polling places to close as election workers fall ill and have to isolate. So this is your reminder that if you have the time and ability to be a poll worker on election day or prior to that, I've heard that a lot of states have early voting poll workers sort of set, but it's election day that they need some help. Um, You never know if if somebody who works there is going to be unable to work that day and they can't they can't make it. And then that's one less polling place. So encouraging everybody to sign up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, I, we, they, they always sort of predicted that, you know, once we hit the fall, there would be this, this sort of second wave, but you know, like we're saying, is it the third wave? Because there was a wave in July in the South and it's regional, but you know, it, it spreads, you know, people are going to start traveling for the holidays. Kids are at, kids are at universities right now. They're going to go home for Thanksgiving. So that's frightening as well. Um, it's also, I don't know. It's just so unfortunate because there, we could have, it could, this could be, this could have been prevent. This is preventable. This was preventable. And this it's part, scary exactly. because, and you know, they like, they like to say that parts of the U S are two to three weeks ahead of, where we are in Europe and we're seeing now in Europe that lockdowns are happening. Um, They are, they are heightening measures. It's things are getting more real there too. They had their highest recorded cases, Mm -hmm. which is just shocking. And I mean, part of me wonders if when things were really, really bad, I mean, they are really bad. I say when things were really bad and whenever Mm -hmm. I say that my fiance will like correct me because they're, they're just as bad. And even though New York was really scary in like April, most of the country had a big spike in the summer. Mm -hmm. And I I sometimes think that, okay, that had to have been worse. And maybe we just weren't recording the cases because there was no testing, but I've had to be kind of real with myself. Like, no, it's going to get worse than even that because nothing has changed. And everywhere Mm -hmm. I look, somebody's having a gathering. I know someone's having a gathering. Someone isn't wearing a mask. It's, um, and I don't know. And it's just, it's so, it's so, it's, it's unfortunate because it's like you put other people in harm's way. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's not even about, about selfishness and it, like, it, it's, it's, it's so selfish that like, but like, it's just, you, you, it makes other people uncomfortable and you don't even realize it That's when true. you don't wear a mask and you, you have a gathering.
Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits healthier hair and skin. Yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great. It looks fancy on the shelf. And I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. So this has prompted concerns about another nationwide type of lockdown. Uh, Let's check in with Dr. Fauci about this. He appeared on 60 Minutes last night to talk about the rise in cases. How bad would things have to get for you to advocate a national lockdown? Uh, They'd have to get really, really bad. First of all, the country is fatigued with restrictions. So we want to use public health measures not to get in the way of opening the economy, but to being a safe gateway to opening the economy. So instead of having an opposition, open up the economy, get jobs back, or shut down. No, put shutdown away and say, we're gonna use public health measures to help us safely get to where we wanna go. So he added that public health measures such as masking, social distancing, and minimizing gatherings would need to be in place until we have a vaccine. Meanwhile, Twitter removed a post from the White House coronavirus advisor, Scott Atlas, that falsely claimed that masks are not effective at preventing transmission. And I what just was read the point a, of that tweet? What was the point? <laughs> oh, my God. I just read a tweet that said that Trump on a campaign call was saying, like, people mm-hmm. are sick of hearing about the coronavirus. They're bored. They're sick of Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci has been here 500 years. <laughs> but yeah, even Dr. And, Fauci know, is saying no lockdown. Well, it's yes, like it's I saw that same thing that you were talking about with the Trump tweet is like 
yeah, he was telling his campaign staff that people don't want to hear about, like the supporters don't want to hear about it, whatever voters don't want to hear about it. However, when you ask voters what their biggest concern is, coronavirus is either first or second. It's, and so I, yes, no one, we're fucking tired of coronavirus. And we're also really tired of you, man. Like, if we could get rid of both things at once. I know. Will you just shut up, man? And that's the other thing that's really frightening to me when we hear these um, scientists and doctors talk about how the next six to 12 weeks may be the, the, the darkest uh, days of the pandemic. The election day is two, two, two days away, two weeks away from tomorrow. We may be stuck with this lame duck dipshit I know. I know. who will refuse to do anything. anything. He's not going to have and- any motivation. No, and and like even if he wins, like who knows what's going to happen? That's even frightening. Like I can't fathom either. Yeah, I'm just <sighs> confused why people are acting like the pandemic is over. If you, we all, if you have to wear, it's like we've gotten too used to how crazy our lives are. If you look around, if you have to wear a mask outside to live your life, life is not normal. Like, Mm -hmm. I know masks are a way, like Fauci said, for us to normalize our lives and be able to reopen parts of the economy and participate in the economy and go places and spend money places. But when I'm walking around seeing people in masks, I'm still freaked out. Like, if you have to wear a mask, things are not back to normal. If you have to wear a mask, don't gather. It's it's insane. I'm just there's just people having gatherings like on my roof. There's people asking me like. I've had people ask if I can host things on my roof and it's like, I don't want to be a bad neighbor. No. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's a pandemic. I know. And it's like, if you, I, if you still have to feel uncomfortable going inside anywhere, let like a public place, like maybe you shouldn't be in there. Like, unless you like absolutely have to be, you know, like I can't imagine, like I'm really nervous for when it even like, it's getting chillier out. It's going to get even colder. I really hope people just stay home, you know, like, and I have to try and I have to convince the people close to me in my life and around me, you know, that we shouldn't be doing these things, you know, and it sucks and it sucks to have to do it, but you know, yeah, sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the longer that we refuse to like fully embrace these public health measures, the longer we're going to live like this, like life is going to be like this until there's a vaccine and a vaccine is not coming anywhere close. I think that Trump's politicizing of the vaccine and trying to claim suggesting that it could come out earlier than the scientific community thinks it should has actually had the effect of the scientific community being not that they weren't already very conservative. And obviously I trust our scientific community to not inject us with liquid until it's like fully safe. But I think it's just going to have the effect of them being even more conservative and not, not moving forward with anything until they are so sure. Like I said, they probably do this every time, but now I'm hearing numbers like third quarter of next year, because this is the natural time where some of those vaccine trials are starting to run into very normal issues that you just have to press pause. So Mm -hmm. life is going to be like this for a while. We've got to get used to it, but I'm also it sucks that Joe Biden can't just start on November 3rd yeah, or 4th or whatever. But um, all right. So speaking of, this is a, a good segue into our next topic, which is also going to take some motivation that Trump normally has a hard time summoning, certainly not in his lame duck period. Congress and the White House are once again teasing us with the possibility of some sort of stimulus package. This is literally the 90th day of negotiations. I don't have a job where I like make deals, <laughs> 
but do you normally get 90 days? I guess for like big ones you do, but I don't know. I don't know. If I had a task that I was assigned to make a deal with somebody and 90 days had gone by, I would be fired. So also we can fire some of these people on November 3rd. Yeah. I mean, just think of Brexit. Oh my God, that that's true. Took, are they, have they even figured it out? I have Remember no it was, idea. It was supposed to be like Halloween or something. Mm-hmm. Everywhere is a mess. So in order for a bill to pass through all of like the legislative processes and hurdles, a bill would have to be agreed upon by the end of the day tomorrow. Reading this made me like, oh shit, two weeks is not a lot of time. Like two weeks, yeah. two weeks. So Republicans are really focused on passing things that will benefit them politically in the short term. Things like another round of checks or an extension of the payroll protection program. Senate Republicans are very vulnerable right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And they also are Republicans. They're more fiscally conservative and they're not down to vote on a huge package. They think this could actually, there is a part of the Republican party that does care about those principles that they allegedly have. And they don't want to hurt themselves with fiscally conservative Republicans who might be on the fence about whether to vote with them with like a huge bill, especially when, you know, states are running these ads that say we're all socialists. Democrats are pushing for more money to directly address the pandemic. So things like creating a national testing and tracing plan seven months in. Uh, Republicans are offering basically a $500 billion bill. $500 bill. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you back Trump's taxes. <laughs> yeah, basically. Here you go. So Republicans basically are offering a $500 billion bill that they are looking to vote on this week. It doesn't really address childcare funding, census policies, unemployment benefits, education, or state and local funding. So interestingly, Trump and the White House are actually signaling support for a huge bill. Um, This is sort of his last ditch effort. He's tanking in the polls. The White House sort of thinks, okay, fine, I'll give them what they want. If this can be done in two weeks, that could be some votes for me on the third. Like you said, it's pretty hard to imagine Trump and Republicans having the motivation to pass a deal in the lame duck period, which would be you know, between November 3rd and January 20th, if they lose the White House and the Senate. Um, There's also the perspective that it's like, maybe they think they have nothing to lose. So they might just pass something. But then I thought about it more. And I don't want to know what Mitch McConnell does when he thinks he has nothing to lose. I don't know. And also, like, I don't know what their motivation is, like, you know, because they've known that they've needed that this would have been politically beneficial for months. It's not like, and so now that they're finally seeing that the polling, which has been quite consistent, to be honest, like for the most of the year, the the polls have been consistent and they saw that that Americans wanted another stimulus relief package versus another Supreme Court justice and multiple things and is still yet to do anything. And now that the election is only 15 days away, do does this like, is this like, oh, the polls haven't changed? Like, oh, no shit. You haven't done right. anything. It's like the polls have been the same. It's just finally now it's like the, the lead is too far to ignore. The polls haven't changed. Our faith in them has just finally increased. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. And I they're don't gonna know. They're going to try to do all this while trying to get Amy Coney Barrett through. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think Nancy Pelosi is going to take $500 billion, you know, um, you know, like, so. No, I think that must be just a symbolic thing. And it is worth noting that there are Democrats in Congress who are signaling to Nancy Pelosi, we got to do something. Because the White House was offering some big numbers up to $1.8 trillion, I think, at one point. 
And there were some some Democrats saying people are hurting. And then that does then put Republicans in a position to say, it's just Nancy Pelosi. She's not budging. But Nancy Pelosi usually has some tricks up her sleeve. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So let's end with a quick check-in on the election. As of today, like I said, election day is just 15 days away. However, 28 million people have already voted. This is six times the amount of people that had already voted by this time in 2016. That is amazing. That's wild. That's crazy. And more states are opening up their early voting as the days go on. Yeah, Florida's today. And so, yeah, so these numbers are going to get even crazier. I think, like, I was listening to NPR, and one of the NPR hosts was like, oh, I, we are going to pass early voting records before Election Day for all 2016 for certain states. Oh, my gosh. It's really exciting. So it is going to, we're, we're going to see, like, um, an early voting in Georgia has seen record turnout, even as voter suppression attempts to keep people in line for hours. Uh, both of Georgia's Republican senators are up for this election. Um, so this is something that happened uh, recently. Last week was Senator David Perdue of Georgia. He's running up against uh, 
his opponent, John Ossoff. John Ossoff had that really big um, campaign, like right after, right before the 2018 midterms, he had a special election um, and he almost won in Georgia. So that was kind of like a signal of like, oh shit. Um, so David Perdue, the senator, he mocked Kamala Harris's name last week, despite having been in, uh, having working with her for three and a half years. He pretended he didn't know how to say her name to appeal to uh, racist people. Um, <laughs> And I mean, like, just laughing because that is it. That's why he did you know, it. There was no other that, reason. He knows no her name. Reason. He yeah. knows her name. He, uh, what other reason would he have done that? Um, his, uh, which you know, resulted in his opponent raising two million dollars, which is amazing. Uh, especially at this point in the race, that is a lot of ads. That's great. That's um, amazing. And then even Trump was um, was campaigning in Florida over the weekend, so they're nervy. Well, in Georgia. Georgia. He was in Macon, Georgia. He and was Nebraska. And Nebraska. The Republican president has to campaign in Georgia. That is, in Nebraska. That is bad for them. That is bad. Um, I don't know how you say the polls are, are wrong when you're you're sending your your man to Nebraska. <laughs> well, I'm also I'm also looking at you know Wisconsin right now with you know. Trump won Wisconsin in 2016. It's looking like it's it's leaning for Biden in, in 2020. But now they are surging in coronavirus cases really, really badly. And so what does that mean for Wisconsin's ideas of who to vote for in these last two weeks? You know, if someone you know is sick from coronavirus and you have the president currently saying these things yeah. that he says about coronavirus, like, you, like don't wear masks. It's, yeah, it's, it's, such, it's so telling that like, Four years ago, everybody was like, why didn't Hillary Clinton go to Wisconsin? you got to go to Wisconsin. Everybody should come to Wisconsin. And then four years later, the president we elected, Wisconsin's like, please don't come here. We don't want anyone to mm-hmm. come here. We're dying. Our grandparents are dying. Mm-hmm. So when, it's funny when people are like, if four, it's Trump. How bad could things get in four years? And it's like, this is how bad. Yeah. And like another thing that, ha- that just happened in terms of the election is, you know, we are seeing white women, white suburban women, just like leave Trump support completely. And Trump oh, has been making these comments. Like you posted a, a video meme about it the other day about suburban women love me. And he needs those people. However, at a rally over the weekend, he continues to attack the, the woman governor of Michigan, uh, Gretman Whitmer, that he called that woman in Michigan or something, or that woman governor. Um, and I don't, for, who 10 days ago, had the FBI took down a plot that was supposed to kidnap her, put her on trial and execute her. How does he think that's playing well to that base that he's attacking this woman who's just doing her job? Who is like it's, a very well-liked she, woman governor. And she because is so popular. It, mm-hmm, so popular. So popular in Michigan. And like, so like, and it got so much news. And so like, how are you going to win Michigan and Wisconsin with this kind of rhetoric? You're so like, whatever. So, on continuing with the Georgia Senate, um, appointed Senator Kelly Loeffler is facing challenges from Doug Collins and Democrat Reverend Raphael Warnock. She ended up having to loan her campaign $20 million because she is actually the richest person in Congress um, with hundreds of millions of dollars. Meanwhile, at a rally in Macon, Georgia over the weekend, President Trump joked that he'd have to leave the country if he loses the election, um, which is, I think, you know, I don't think the president 
jokes. I think he's really thinking about how he has to leave the country if he loses. Right. I think he has to leave the country to a place that doesn't have an extradition treaty with the United States. Like, I, I think that's actually what he means. I really, I really do too. I think, I think they're freaking the fuck out. He has to, Ivanka has to, like, I was reading this morning that like Trump administration aides are already looking for new jobs that like they're sending their resumes like without the Trump administration on them because they're just like not, it's like not a good thing to have on there. (laughs) Where do you say, where do you say you worked? Well, like we know that one person, we won't give away who, but we know someone who knows someone who works at the White House but their parents tell people that they work for a senator because they didn't want oh, to yeah. tell anyone that they work at the White House. But then it's going to get, it's like, who, what senator? You're running out of yeah. good senators. <laughs> I know. Which Republican senator would you want to say you worked for at this moment? If you had to pick I would one? probably stick with Mitt Romney just because yeah. I think that he is still defensible, just deeply misguided. I might go with like a Lisa Murkowski or a... Yeah, or but I wouldn't want to. I'm trying to think where I'd want to live. Oh yeah, Lisa Murkowski could be a good one. Something about like a woman who got that many people to write Murkowski down is a bad mm-hmm. bitch. I want to like know more about her. Yeah, I think she's probably cool, but maybe, she's always I don't know. the yeah. I don't know she's always the. Record. I know that's true for sure. She's <laughs> always the the first. Elise and I talked about last week. We we discussed if there were any hot men in President Trump's orbit and asked listeners to share if they could think of any. Uh, we got a couple people who said Paul Ryan. Okay. Which is true. I saw him in an elevator once and he's a snack, 100%. Okay. But he and Trump aren't tight. They don't like each other. Yeah. Um, and then somebody else said Mac- Matt Gates, Rick Gates, <laughs> which I strongly disagree with, but I will forgive. Can we bring that up? Like, can we end with that note yes. too? That was so funny. Matt Gates is the is the Republican congressman who mocked coronavirus by wearing a gas mask in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and he's also just a fucking ridiculous person. Uh, and he wrote, I will, I love, I've never loved, he tweeted like a week or two ago, something about like, I love the president so much. I will never love a president as much as I love President Trump. And then at a campaign rally that Trump was having that Matt Gates was at. He repeatedly called Matt Gates Rick Gates to his face in front of the crowd. It's so amazing. It's so it's good. amazing. You couldn't ask for more. And then the guy running against him, of course, like capitalized on it beautifully and made all of the his ads crossing out Matt Gates with Rick Gates, who is somebody who went down in the Mueller investigation. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just so rewarding. It's like you you might have sold your entire political future down the drain mm-hmm. for this. And mm-hmm. and he the man doesn't know your name. The man doesn't even know your but name. But on the bright side, he has as much love for Matt Gates as he does for his own children, who he also doesn't really regard very highly. I also saw a video where he was asked, Trump was asked, like, how's Barron? We heard he had COVID. And Trump goes, uh, he's fine. And Amy is also doing an amazing job on Capitol Hill. <laughs> it's like, okay, my son <laughs> is fine. But what I'd love to talk about is Amy Coney Barrett. I know. Ridiculous. <gasps> oh. Okay. Well, that's the show. Until the return of democracy, I'm Brian Russell Smith. I'm Amanda Duberman. And this has been the Betches Sub Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.